Welcome back to Welcome Distractions. Uh, this is Mitchell Crawl. I'm here with Benson Anderson. How you doing, Benson? Good. Episode two. Yeah, we made it. And sort of our first, uh, like, framework episode. Right. This is yeah. the first one's canon. Yeah. For this those one... of you who are following. <laughs> yeah, this one's not an extravaganza, though. Right. Right. We expect to keep this one under an hour, which uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We are two uh, windbags. Yeah. So. Two, two talkative fellas. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, how's your life been going? You know, my life's okay. Um, I'm glad we named the podcast what we did, um, yeah. because today, um, welcome distractions are, uh, are, well, obviously they're welcome. Um, we had to put our dog down yesterday, oh. our 15-year-old dog, Shandy. She ran away on Saturday morning, and uh, she came, she was found in her neighbor's house uh, yesterday morning, and she came home, and I think her body was just like, okay, we got home, it's time. Um, so that's tough. That's the first time, that's the first time I've had to do that. Um, but yeah, welcome distractions, and we have another dog to take care of, so we're lucky in that. And yeah, she's a she's a handful, and that's kind of what she's we're here for. Welcome distractions. Yeah, yeah, no, I I can't imagine how you feel about that. I have a family dog that's thirteen now, and she's getting old. It was time. So. I mean, she was on phenobarbital. Right. She had she had seizures in February, so the fact that she lasted six more months was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, but it was getting it was getting time. She was having some neurological issues and. Yeah. It's about quality of life at that point. Yeah. And they say that there's no pain, so... That's... Yeah. It's uh, It's got to happen at some point, so yeah. it's good to be in control of it and everything. Anyway, yeah. fun conversation. Yeah. Oh, the, the, <laughs> the most fun. Sorry to get you off on... Yeah, episode two, and we're already off on a sad note. No, you're good. Uh, yeah, let's flip it 180. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, this is the movie podcast uh, this time around, but, mm-hmm. you know, we do reserve the ability to talk about other things besides movies in the beginning just for a second yeah. and, it, and it's and it's worth bringing up uh yeah this is national football news this isn't just cleveland news the browns won yeah for the first time what was it 635 days that's right it was uh you know just yeah 635 days so almost two years and um i think everyone was pretty happy about it um, yeah jets fans maybe aside yeah. But um, everyone was kind of like, this is sort of a weird Cleveland Super Bowl moment. Yeah, um, I, I noticed that, you know, it got a lot of national coverage and people are excited about Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I'm excited about Baker Mayfield. I'm excited about his ability to get the ball into the other players' hands. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. I think, and that's sort of what Baker has said he, he's done, and that's how he's been good yeah. his whole career, is he's had playmakers around him mm-hmm. and he's gotten them the ball efficiently. Yeah. Um, so you... That's why you add the Jarvis Landry's and you add the David Njoku's, who, right. who's good with the ball in his hands. He's got to catch the ball better, but once he has the ball in his hands, he can make a lot of people miss. The Duke Johnsons, Antonio Callaway has shown a lot of promise. Yeah. So you've got to get the ball in your playmaker's hands, and I think he's going to do that at an efficient rate. Right. I just like the fact that he looks confident up there. He uh, you know, is not afraid to fire it in. He's not afraid to step up in the pocket and, and sling one. Uh, which, you know, is kind of very different than what we were yeah. seeing for the first two weeks plus a few uh, series. And it's and it's different than what we've seen for a long time in Cleveland. Yeah, so, it's, and it's, a, it's an interesting um, point. I read a cool article about quarterback height. Yeah. Uh, I think it was by Tim Jenkins, mm-hmm. uh, JenkinsElite.com. He's a former NFL quarterback, had some runs with practice squads. Um, and he said that height is so overrated because even if you're six foot three, your eye level is still like two three inches lower right so in order for you to like they make the argument that you can't see over your linemen 
Mm-hmm. But most linemen are like six six. Yeah. So in order to see over your lineman, the average quarterback would need to be like six eight, six ten. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. Well, and I think the other thing about quarterback height for me is that. You know, I think you think about if the ball's getting batted down at the line, but I think that's more about quick release, and that's more about not, you know, staring down your receivers than it is about height. Um, you know, it's certainly about height, too. Obviously, if it comes out for a lower from a lower point, then, you know, linemen don't have to get their hands yeah. up as far. It could hit them in the head. Um, but and everyone yeah. gets balls batted down at the yeah. line of scrimmage. Joe Flacco gets balls batted down all the time. He's, He's like 9'2". <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and this is like my favorite kind of time of sports season because baseball playoffs are starting up. Oh, yeah. Um, Can't wait. NBA media days were a couple days ago, so there's excitement <laughs> about that, um, at least nationwide. Yeah. I'm excited about the Cavs this year. I think they'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, they'll be an all-league pass team. That's what uh, Kaufman said. They're, they're going to be fun to watch. Maybe not. Um, maybe the, the record won't be awesome. Yeah. It doesn't need to be. Probably don't want. You probably don't want it to be. Yeah, um, because the Hawks have the Cavs' top ten pick. If it um, if it leaves the top ten, the Hawks get the pick. If it's inside the top ten, the Cavs keep it. Um, so hoping for like a twenty five thirty win season and seeing some younger guys develop. Excited about Jetty Osman, Rodney Hood, um, Jordan Clarkson, and and, Sexton, and, and of yeah. course Colin Sexton. Yeah. Um, and we'll see how Kevin Love does in his age thirty season, coming yeah, off a big the, contract extension. So yeah, the offense is going to run through him, Sexton theoretically, right? I mean, it's no longer running yeah, through LeBron, um, and everyone kind of have to piece around him. So Ty Lue said yesterday that um, Kevin Love was going to be kind of the centerpiece, and then um, they're actually looking at Rodney Hood to kind of lead that like the secondary scoring attack, and I think he's a good fit for that. He averaged yeah. about eighteen points a game in Utah last year. Yeah, um, he just um, didn't have it when he came to the. Cast. He's a more ball dominant player. Yeah, and with LeBron James on the team, you can't really have a ball-dominant player succeed. Unless um, they're Kyrie Irving. Right, right, of course. Yeah. But Kyrie Irving is spectacular. An amazing player, yeah. yeah. Yeah, anyway, we should move on. Yeah, of um, Yeah, so I think one way to get us kind of started into this movie conversation is we, we both saw uh, the same movie very yeah. recently. Yeah. Uh, it was my most recent movie in theaters, A Simple Favor. Uh, what do you think of it? Um, I liked A Simple Favor. Mm-hmm. I think I liked it less than I thought I would. I would um, agree with that. Because I thought the ads were, I mean, the, the the trailers were really interesting, especially the first one. Well, the trailers for me, it, it didn't really show how the movie was going yeah, to be. The, the, and, but I realized that while I was watching the trailer. So I was like, okay, the concept looks interesting. Mm-hmm. I have no clue what this movie is going to be, though. And it was a, maybe a bit more tame than I thought it was going to really? be. Well, because, like, the... Because the trailer showed you so little, yeah, I was hoping to maybe be a bit more, I don't know, confused by like the movie's format or like expected to be maybe a bit more artsy than it was hmm. or a bit less, I don't know, palatable than it was. Hmm. But I think it just ended up being like a straight up kind of mystery movie. Yeah, it was. It, it, so the, the thing that I didn't love about it was uh, the characters. I just think... Um, you know, I didn't really buy any of the characters' motivations in it. They were all kind of weirdos. Yeah. And the characters are, you know, kind of make or break a movie for me. Like, mm-hmm. regardless of the mystery, I, I think it needs to have uh, compelling and interesting motivations, characters, you know, emotions and that kind of thing. And I, I just, like, like the husband? Yeah. I just didn't of, understand kind of that irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 
Anna Kendrick, whom I, I normally love, got on my nerves a little bit in this movie. I think she was supposed to. Yeah, I think so. Maybe Mission Accomplished. I thought she was really good. I thought the best scenes in the movie are the ones that Kendrick and Lively shared. Mm-hmm. Um, because they both were, like, empowering one another and also further along, like, enabling one another to sort of get... I mean, we don't want to spoil anything because it's right. a rather new movie, but um, their characters change a lot within the 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 context of this movie or right. within, they, they continue within the to runtime. unravel they yeah. kind of peel yeah and um and that was cool to see and that that was always the most intriguing parts to me because Blake Lively's character is so confident and so like you know don't apologize never apologize for anything and yeah, Anna Kendrick is like super timid and squirrely and apologizing for things that she has zero control over yeah um so I thought that was really that was really good. I would have loved to see more than that, but obviously the whole premise of the movie is that Blake Lively's character goes missing. So there's right. not going to be too many instances of them on screen together. Right. I thought the the color of the the movie was really interesting, like kind of the color palette. Yeah. Um, especially with the Anna Kendrick character. I mean, you know, in the beginning they made a point of of pointing out her her socks. Yeah, she's very were... pink and blue, and then towards the end of the movie she gets more black and blue and like darker blues, right. muted colors. Right, and I thought that was kind of interesting, showing her uh, kind of I don't know if darkening is the right word, but mm-hmm. kind of maybe stiffening yeah. as, a, as a character. Yeah, and she's gaining a bit more. Yeah, I, I think darkening is a good word. Um, and I think the costuming was really good. Um, Blake Lively's outfits were outrageous. And I think that was a big part of like the what made the movie what it was, was nobody wears that. Yeah, like, she who is this like a, woman? Uh, she dressed like a stripper. Yeah, she, that's in a lot of capacity, like. she did. I mean, she and they showed her initially taking off her, her clothes and getting into like her more home clothes. Mm-hmm. And she like had a, a, a shirt part that was under her jacket yeah. but it was just a shirt part yeah it was so weird yeah very like it made it seem like she took two hours getting dressed every morning yeah like she was going to a black tie event every day and there was a scene later where she was wearing a like a sport jacket and nothing else yeah on top yeah. that was and like the boat and the, the bow tie the untied bow tie yeah nobody dresses like that it was weird so but i i kind of <laughs> loved it because i was like who is this woman? <laughs> it's like and, John Ralphio from. And you know she goes missing, so she's keeping some secrets. Like there's some there's some um, motive behind mm-hmm. her going missing. Mm-hmm. I don't think whether so, she whether she was kidnapped or she goes on by herself. Right. It um, certainly didn't seem like she was ever like killed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And she she. Um, so yeah, she's she's always just sort of a a mystery the whole yeah. movie, and I and, loved that. And you know we can kind of look at it. Um, because the movie I saw in theaters before that that I know you also saw was Searching, mm-hmm. which is also a movie about someone going missing, and we can kind of compare and contrast those. I mean, yeah, I feel like Searching was so much more grounded and real, and the dialogue was supposed to sound, you know, kind of like what you would sound like if your daughter went missing. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this movie, in, in A Simple Favor, it was so kind of, I don't know. These aren't how real people talk. Surreal. It was yeah, very surreal. It was surreal. Almost yeah. supernatural, which is what I thought the movie was going to kind of go towards. I really thought there was going to be a sort of paranormal element to this movie. Interesting. And I guess, minor spoilers, there isn't. Yeah. Like, it's... There's no, like, science fiction or fantasy or any or any sort of paranormal stuff. Yeah. It's more straightforward than that. And I thought with the marketing and just the way that the movie looks, I was like, this could easily turn in like a very interesting direction right. that would maybe divide audiences a little bit more. Um, I thought this movie was pretty liked as a consensus. 
Yeah. I don't think I would see it again alone. I think I'd want to watch it for the first time vicariously through somebody else. Um, But I didn't mind it. Yeah. Uh, it was directed by Paul. How do you say his last name? Like Feig. Feig. Paul Feig. Who's directed like the fifteen best episodes of The Office. And he also, I mean, he he did Bridesmaids. He did yeah. uh, the new Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. I mean, it, this is a guy who's he did Freaks and Geeks, which is a TV show that I love personally. Um. So, yeah, it's kind of a, a step in a lateral direction for him. It's not really comedy. I mean, no. there are funny parts of this movie, but no. it's not Bridesmaids, and don't expect it to be Bridesmaids. Yeah, it was... Or Freaks and Geeks. It was funny at times, I guess. In um, a dark way. In a dark, dark, yeah, dark in, a, in a dark way. Yeah. So this is a cool step for him. Um, he's a director that I'll probably have my finger on for a while now. Yeah. Um, just to see sort of what direction he goes in. This one seemed a bit more out there, um, based on a book. So yeah, I'm that's not sure true. How the recent book, book. I'm not sure how the book goes. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at his directorial credits right now. His first movie was something called I Am David, which I've never heard of. It's a drama. Uh, looks like it has no one. Oh, Jim Caviezel of Jesus fame. He had Unaccompanied Miser, uh, Miners, the uh, the Christmas movie from oh, way back in the day. Wow, okay. Yeah, which I had no clue. And then, he, so those were in 2003 and 2006, respectively. And then he worked on, like you said, The Office, Arrested Development. Uh, I'm wrong about that. No, I'm right about that. And then, and then he didn't come back until 2011 with Bridesmaids. And then he did, you know, The Heat, uh, Spy, all those. Lots Melis- of work with Melissa McCarthy. Melissa yeah. McCarthy, Ghostbusters, and then this is his next movie. So it's kind of just an interesting career path. We'll definitely see how that one goes. Um, yeah, Paul Feig, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, I guess directors, and that's a very broad. <laughs> did you hear about who is tagged now to direct Bond 25? Oh, was it? It was okay. Let me. It guess. was Danny Boyle. It was Danny. It was and Danny they, Boyle. And they and parted ways. And it's now. Oh, it's Carrie Fuka. Whatever. Carrie Fukunaga. Fukunaga. Which is going to be wild. Yeah, I loved um, True the, Detective. Yeah, True Detective one. season one. Season two was a pile of garbage. Yeah, I cannot wait to see what he and Daniel Craig and those writers come up with. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I, I think maybe even a more interesting choice than Danny Boyle. And I was a bit bummed when Danny Boyle and the production company parted ways. Yeah. Um, but I think this is really cool. I mean, Fukunaka's 41 years old. Mm-hmm. I think that makes him like five, six years younger than Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be interesting because I know Daniel Craig has um, a lot of sort of say over how those movies are going right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a really cool choice. It is um, a cool choice. And they they have a history of kind of hiring indie directors. Yeah, um, well, and, and you see that kind of going, you know, in Marvel and Star Wars. Yeah. Those, those, those groups are all hiring, like, indie directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The Han Solo movie aside, uh, which, you know, the kind of the more indie directors didn't get along with the uh, studio, and they had yeah. to go with, uh, what's his name? Opie. Ron Howard. Yeah, Ron Howard. Yeah, who's, like, the blockbuster yeah. guy. Yeah, <laughs> so. But, yeah, no, that's exciting with Kerry Fukunaga. 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 Uh, and I also liked, uh, or not liked, I'm, I'm very curious where True Detective Season 3 is going. Mm, okay. Um, that's, I didn't see Season 2. Uh, I did. It was bad. That's what I heard. Um, it was really bad. Uh, True Detective Season 3 uh, stars, um, what's his name? The guy from Moonlight. Uh, Mahershala Ali. Oh, okay. And he's he's the star, 
uh, and that'll be really interesting. He's a fantastic actor, and you know, kind of, you know, maybe maybe this will continue kind of his star moment from Moonlight. And then it really doesn't seem like, other than Scoot McNary, who I love, but is not <laughs> <laughs> one of the. Uh, it's really has no star power. Like it's crazy. Season one, crazy stars. Season two, crazy stars. But like interesting ones. Yeah. Like I never would have thought Vince Vaughn would be in True Detective. Season and he two. was bad. Yeah. So. But but, but you wouldn't have thought. Bit, yeah. But you wouldn't have thought like Woody Harrelson would have been so great in season one. I love. Yeah, Woody he was Harrelson. excellent. And 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 McConaughey was too. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Michelle Monaghan. Yep. All great. All, all all amazing. I loved that. It was that stuck with me for a long time. Yeah. So yeah. this, I'm looking for a darker color palette, which will be cool. Yeah. Um, Michelle Monaghan, underrated actress, by the way. Yeah, I haven't seen her in a whole lot. I mean, she was in Mission Impossible Fallout, which we'll talk about later. Um, she was. She in, had a very limited role in that movie, but she was really she was really good. Well, I she was in she the a big impact. MI3, which was my first Mission Impossible movie. Where also, she got, my first one got kidnapped by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. That was an all-time car- uh, role. I love Philip Seymour Hoffman, and that was my first introduction to him. MI3 is pretty good. Yeah, I. It might still be my favorite. Okay. I know, I know it doesn't have like the great giant, um, you know, set, uh, what, what's the term I'm looking for? Action set pieces. Yeah, set pieces. It's yeah. It doesn't really have the set pieces, but it's it's got you know what the other ones don't, which is a fascinating villain and and, and lots of suspense and yeah. and it yeah it didn't go crazy yet. Um, Michelle Monaghan was in Gone Baby Gone. I don't know if you've seen that movie. I didn't. No. It's uh, 2007. Ben Affleck directed, and it stars Casey Affleck. And, and she's kind of his partner, and they're private investigators, and they're investigating, like, a little girl who went missing in okay. Boston, you know, and working with the police, and the police is, like, uh, Ed Harris and Morgan Freeman. Uh, it's a great cast, great movie. Yeah. Yeah, Michelle it's Monica. good? Okay. I didn't know yeah. if you were going in the direction of, like, hey, maybe don't see it. Or no, like... it's great. It's on Netflix. You should I watch it. She was in Eagle Eye, I think, with Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the first time I saw her. But yeah, she's, she's done pretty consistently good stuff. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, I'm looking at, she, we mentioned Mission Impossible. She was in Source Code. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Uh, Hall. I think I own it. I think I have the DVD case, like, right behind me. Um, <laughs> I've only seen it once, I think, because I don't remember loving it. Um, it's a good movie. I think I was confused towards the end. It's a weird movie. Yeah. It's um, like, he's like in a, we can spoil it. The first hour is pretty straightforward, yeah. and then like the last 20 minutes. It's like in a simulation or something like yeah, that. Yeah, weird stuff. Yeah, um, it's great. But it turns out that he's like somebody else at the end, that he like occupies somebody else's life, or he, or he like stays in the simulation to like occupy the person he was simulating being yeah. their life. Yeah. Um, I'll have to watch it again. Um yeah, me too. Tough one, maybe to get through. I don't know. Yeah, it's eighty minutes long and like still weirdly paced. I don't know how you can pull that off, but they did. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. So you want to go into your summer movie rankings? Sure. Um, I know that I probably saw more than you did, so I'll go through what I saw um, in order of release. I saw Avengers: Infinity War, Deadpool two, Solo: A Star Wars Story, Upgrade, Ocean's Eight, Incredibles two, Tag, Jurassic World: The Fallen Kingdom. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Sorry to Bother You, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, Mission Impossible, Fallout, and Searching. We already talked about Searching, so I might even scratch that one off the list. And a simple favorite. Um, yes. Does that fall? Is it falling well, out? Well, I went on Rotten Tomatoes and looked up like the summer movies, and they did from like late April to end of, end of August. Okay. Okay. Um, so Searching was August 31st, so just made that cut. So yeah, we can okay. cut that one off. Um, I know you saw about five of those, right? Yeah, I, I, I think I did. I, and I should really look at the movies that I saw, too. Because <laughs> there were, I mean, I'll, I'll get this out of the way. I think it was a disappointing summer. Um, well, how could it not be with the disappointment of Han Solo? The Solo um, movie. 
I'll get to the solo movie later. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I don't necessarily think it was disappointing. Well, I didn't even mean sort of in terms of quality, because obviously I didn't see it, but what I read about it was that it, it kind of flopped relatively. Like, obviously it made good money, but, like, not what they were expecting. Well, it flopped compared to the budget, because the budget doubled when they basically reshot the whole movie. Um, they that needed to make a lot more money than they ended up making, um, and I don't know. It, with this new sort of Star Wars experiment um, going the way that it is, obviously hindsight says that it came out probably too soon after the most recent movie did. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we'll see. And obviously, the first, the last Jedi had a mixed reception from audiences. Yeah. What um, do you, What do you think of the new uh, kind of Star Wars going Marvel? Because I really don't like it. Okay, so Star Wars to me is like my favorite intellectual property palette. Yeah, I love everything that the like. I think the Star Wars stories are great, but mm-hmm. I think what makes it stay, what makes people love it so much, is the rules of the universe and all these sort of things that you can build from it. So I'm more of a fan of like the more Star Wars movies, the better. Okay. Um, because, because there aren't going to be movies like Star Wars unless they're Star Wars. Cause there's so much that that intellectual property has like overseen in terms of like space opera movies, mm-hmm. like space dog fights, Star Wars, light speed travel, Star Wars, planets that have like different terrains and like climates, Star Wars, you know, lightsaber fights, Star Wars. All this stuff that I love about the movies mm. can only be done within Star Wars movies. That's fair. I can see that. I just, like, I think part of the beauty of Star Wars was that it was limited, though. Like, like I don't know. Marvel movies kind of went from zero to 60. This is what Marvel has been in you know, what we understand to be Marvel, right? It's always, you know, Iron Man, and then, you know, Captain America, and then Thor, and then bam, and bam, 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 bam. I don't think it really quite came together until Avengers. I don't know. I remember seeing the Avengers and being like, holy crap, that's Iron Man and Captain America and Hulk and Thor all on the same screen. I think that's when we all realized it. But it was it was that for the. But it took some time. It did take some time. You had to have Iron Man, which looked like a standalone movie. Then they released The Incredible Hulk a couple months later, which which no nobody saw. Thor one stinks. Yeah. Um, Captain America one is your favorite Marvel movie. I think you said. Yeah, it's so Um, good. It is. It's and it's interesting. (laughs) But I think at that at that point they were just like, oh, they're making all these movies about different characters, Mm -hmm. and the Avengers came together, and it was like, oh, this is all part of a bigger thing. Um, Yeah. Marvel doesn't have the the sort of um, um, palette that Star Wars has. You could have Star Wars take place on another side of the galaxy or in another galaxy completely, and you still have. I mean, all the all the technology and like all the aesthetics um, mm-hmm. are still there, and I think those are my favorite parts of those movies. I mean, I love the stories, but the stories aren't like groundbreaking in any. I mean, they might have been groundbreaking in the late seventies. Okay, um, I'm a prequel fan. Yeah. Um, I, the yeah. more Star Wars, the better for me. Yeah, I guess I could see that. If you if you just kind of love the concept of going to... Like, it's it's built in that they're going to have interesting races from alien planets and interesting planets and, and, and interesting intergalactic stories. And if that's what you're a fan of, then I could see how, you know, no matter what, you want to see more Star Wars. I can get behind that, even. I, I just don't know that I want, like, 
a Han Solo movie and a Princess Leia movie. And a, yeah. like, I don't think it needs that. And, and you know what? I'll, I'm looking forward to that Ryan Johnson trilogy that's oh, not 100%. steeped in the I'm current so characters and because we'll, I think we'll, that'll be good. We'll talk about Solo more later. I think the worst part of the Solo movie was mm-hmm. all the Han Solo stuff. Okay. Um, did you like uh did you like a... It needs to connect itself to the universe. Yeah. The movie thinks it does. Yeah. And like, in my opinion, it didn't at all. Well, Rogue One was great because it, it didn't have many of the characters and it kind of fit into the story. Yeah. Oh, it was, a, it was a story that they needed to tell. I loved Rogue One, too. Yeah, it was it a great up, theater experience. Yeah, it ends up turning a new the beginning of A New Hope into kind of a mess. Yeah. So it's like, it just suffers from that kind of prequel, um, like, syndrome, where yeah. there's always something that maybe makes something not make sense for the movie that it is the prequel to. Right. Um, and Solo suffers from that. I think Rogue One suffered from that because Darth Vader sees this ship take off at the end of Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And then at the beginning is like, where are the plans? And this person's like, we're on a diplomatic mission. And he's he's not saying like, no, I literally watched you take off with these plans. I yeah. saw them get handed onto the ship. And, the, and, and so the, he's like, well, uh, you need to sort of throws them away. And it's like, keep, keep, keep searching. Like, I know they're here. Like, you know, because yeah. the force is telling me so. And it's like, no, I saw with my own eyes. Yeah, the ship take off with these Death Star plans. I know you have them. That's kind of so. That's kind of funny too, because it's. I mean, the whole reason Darth Vader is in Rogue One is fan service. Like, he doesn't need to be there. No, for not at movie. all. Not at all. <laughs> you don't think so? I think he's the worst part of that movie. Oh, you mean? Oh, I thought I'm you sorry, were disagreeing. He does me. not need to be in that movie. Yeah, there's all. no reason for him to be there. Um, it, the movie is not about him. It's 100% fan service. And if I, you know, I'm not as much of a Star Wars guy as you. I do enjoy them but if that ruins some of the continuity of the original star wars movie i think that's a huge misstep yeah because whenever you watch rogue i mean for me whenever i watch rogue one Mm -hmm. i want to watch a new hope yeah it's like part one of two um Mm -hmm. and usually when there's a part one of two they're made you know part one then part two right and there's no like like you said there's no um continuity errors yeah and once you end Rogue One and start A New Hope, you're kind of like, that opening crawl goes, and you're sort of like, eh, that's not really what happened at all. Yeah. Um, so, we'll see. I, I, I highly doubt it's kind of like we were talking about the when you compare Marvel versus uh, the Star Wars universe, Marvel is planned like that. Marvel, from the very beginning, it was. Yeah. We didn't realize it, but it was. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars, I don't even know. Do, do you know this? Because I don't know. I don't even know if they planned a sequel for star wars when it came out no let alone no i think i think george lucas had some ideas but it came out as star wars not star wars episode four of course but but even when after um so when when uh empire strikes back came out was that 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 wasn't episode five it wouldn't make any sense it, it, it was episode five. Was it? I think, I think they so were... So they always planned to do one, two, and three later. I think the original plan was for A New Hope to be episode four because it was kind of an arbitrary number that made the audience think that this was like part of an ongoing kind of story. Interesting. And when it blew up the way that it did, they were like, well, let's tell the ongoing story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about that because I wasn't alive in 1977. Yeah. Um, I had not seen the original cut of that movie. Yeah. Um, if, we, if we want... If we... If we when we eventually get guests, my uh, <laughs> my college friend who, who just came to visit uh, a couple weekends ago, he uh, is the biggest Star Wars geek of all time, and I could just let you two go at it <laughs> in Star Wars. He he reads all of the novels. Like yeah. he has a bookshelf in like the the TV room in his apartment uh, that's just like stocked with 
with all of the Star Wars novels. Which is a testament to how much there is to do with the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you guys could have a field day. I could just sit here and collaborate. <laughs> I, you know what? That sounds like a great idea. Maybe there's an off-air conversation, but yeah. like him over here, you, you know, him to my right, you to my left, yeah. and then I just ask questions. Yeah. We could do a game show. That would be a lot of fun. If, um, if this goes long enough until like episode nine hype, yeah. um, we could do that as like a, like a, <laughs> like a preview or something. That'd or be like, hilarious. Yeah. So we should get going with rating yes. these movies. Yes. Um, so I'm going to rate them worst to best for me, and mm-hmm. then we'll see sort of the five that you have. We'll see if you put them in the same order. Sure. Um, so the worst movie of the summer that I saw was Jurassic World, mm-hmm. Fallen Kingdom. Looked terrible. Um, unbelievably stupid. The entire plot premise is based off of a terrible idea where they want to get the dinosaurs off of the island that's about to blow up. And it's like, no, this is the world sort of seeing the dinosaurs were supposed to be extinct Mm -hmm. and then trying to make them extinct again. Right. And these, like, bleeding heart social justice warriors, like, want to take them off of the island. And it's like, these, you realize that you're now, like, rewriting the food chain. Yeah. And rewriting, like, the, like, the ecological code of planet earth right dinosaurs are amoral i assume. you might need to like, bite the bullet on this one yeah and it's never justified i kept waiting for the movie to make a good point as to why they should have done this yeah and it's never justified it's actually made worse yeah. um if you really want to know about this movie watch the honest trailer for it it's on <laughs> youtube that's all you need to know all right i'll give it a watch um second to worst tag um, maybe not my kind of funny, um, physical comedy, but the kind where people should be dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think Jeremy Renner beating the crap out of his high school friends is really entertaining, yeah, you'll love it. Tonally really weird. Wasn't yeah. that funny. It was more of an action movie, but like between friends who just wanted to like play tag. You know, I had a, an experience with that. I was at home. I was just bored for a couple hours and I was like, I'm gonna go see a movie and the things that were in theaters were Tag and Uncle Drew. Yeah, that and was <laughs> and I watched the trailer for Tag and I was like, No, thank you. And I also didn't like want to see Uncle Drew, so I didn't go to the movies. Yeah. But like the premise sounds like it could be hilarious. I think the premise is totally wasted and I think the people that this movie was based off of probably despised this movie. That's possible. Um Well, I don't know, you have to be pretty obnoxious to uh do that. Yeah, they 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 play a clip at the end of the movie of yeah. like documentary footage of, oh, good. and it's really kind of sweet. Yeah, like they were like surprising each other, like a guy's like cooking burgers on his back porch, and the guy comes up and tags him, and it's like they haven't seen each other in a year. That's nice. Yeah, it's really nice. Could have been really sweet and kind of funny in that sort of way, and it's just not at all. It yeah. was more like a weird action comedy, and I, I don't know. It right. was a wasted premise. It looked really me. bad. Um. I saw both those movies on a road trip with my friend from college. We were going to Chicago. Oh, fun. And we were ahead of schedule twice, so yeah. we went and saw movies. Nice. Um, so Ocean's 8 is next. Um, an awesome cast. I love the Ocean's 11 trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I This cast was totally wasted. They were written all as the same character. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of pissed that there was a male director of this movie. That um, clearly shouldn't have been. Who directed it? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, not not not, not not a big name. It wasn't it wasn't Soderbergh. Yeah. Um, oh, I he love was a, Steven he Soderbergh. was a he was a producer. Yeah. But yeah, this movie 
don't want to watch it again. Um, didn't hate it watching it the first time. It's how just, could it be? I how for- could it be unentertaining? Yeah, I forgot about it. Like, I had to go back through and be like, oh, yeah, I saw Ocean's 8. And I actually wrote a review for it on my blog. Um, so I'll get that's deeper into that. Um, next is Searching. Um, again, we sort of talked about it. Yeah. In- interesting premise. Super nice it's that low. Super plot heavy. Yeah. Not a lot to bring me back to it. Because, like, yeah, I like the true. plot, but once you know what happens, you don't need to go back and see it again. I agree with that. There aren't, I... there aren't hints as to what's going on. It just kind of sweeps the rug out from under you, which is I... a little frustrating. You can disagree. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I think uh, there was... Well, I don't want to spoil anything. But what I will say is if you... Uh, there there were observations that I made that I thought were kind of fishy. Mm, okay. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't anything that I was like, oh, I pieced it together and I figured it out. Yeah. Because you couldn't. No. But there were... For instance, there was um, when they showed footage of the car driving away, whatever, you yep. could see that she was being followed. And yeah. they never commented on it. They never yeah. made any. And I was like, "Ah, she's being followed." Bad detective work. <laughs> yeah, this is fishy. Um, no spoilers. Yeah, this no, is weird. Though. Yeah, there and there are maybe are a few moments like that. Um, yeah. Another one where a big lead is sort of shrugged off. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. That that was another moment where I'm sort of like, and again, that's more general spoilers, but yeah. that's a that's a sort of an abstract thing that happens in that movie. See, I liked that movie because I think, even though I'm a character guy and, and, and plot's not all that important to me, uh, I thought it was still fun. Yeah. And I also really thought the style of, um, you know, the, you know, on the computer screen mm-hmm. was really cool. And I'm glad you told me that no one sneaks up behind ahead oh, of time because worst. if I had felt that going in, I would have been waiting for, like, the killer to come into, you know, his room and you know slash him yes and then like, like the camera goes black and you're like god no, yeah the so worst. so if you plan to see uh searching this is a spoiler that you do want going into yeah. it uh no one comes up behind it's it's an important thing to realize because it really lets you enjoy the movie yeah they, um, maybe in fact that might be why i liked it more than you maybe could maybe. be because it, it didn't it didn't i saw it alone and i was like Every time they were doing like the webcam thing, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I was, just, I was literally looking at everything but the character. Mm-hmm. Um, next is Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. And the music is great. Abba's great. I do like Abba. Lily James is stunning in this movie. Yeah. Um, the problem is the three guys suck. I... And they're not given a lot to work with because it's all <laughs> it's all Abba songs in the key that Lily James sings it in, right. but like an octave down. So they have very little chance to show off their vocal chops. Um, if they have any, not sure. Pierce Brosnan definitely does not have vocal chops. Oh, but we're talking about them, the younger versions of them. Oh, because not, Mam- is Mamma Mia Two is like both a sequel and a prequel. Ooh, um, is he in the movie? Yes. Okay. Um, doesn't sing a whole lot. That's um, good. <laughs> it makes again like the the prequel syndrome. It makes the original Mamma Mia story kind of a mess. Hmm. These three guys act like they know her really well. In Mamma Mia 2, you find out that they each spent, like, one or two days with her. Huh. And then she has the baby and sort of, like, does her own thing. Yeah. So that was my frustration. Obviously, the movie's great. I would actually see it. I don't know. Because I, I've played bass for Mamma Mia before, I know how that story goes. <laughs> and I know how that script goes. Yeah. Um, and they all act like they spent months with Donna. Yeah. And, like, were their boyfriends... And they're more like one-night stands or flings. Yeah. And um, they talk a lot about 
what they did together and yeah. it's like you were there you were with each other for not that long you can describe everything you did together in yeah like four sentences um so yeah prequel including banging am but, I right but the, yeah <laughs> exactly well she she let three people hit it dry within like a week <laughs> You know, like, that's bad. <laughs> I mean, she's allowed to do what she wants. Right, 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 right. But then she's like... But then when she gets pregnant, I'm, I'm don't pregnant. wonder why you can't figure out who the father is. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, uh, next is Sorry to Bother You. Um, definitely the weirdest movie I saw this summer. Yeah, that's um, the first one that you mentioned that I didn't see that I wanted to see. Dark humor, um, tonally kind of outrageous. Yeah. Um, a sad, funny. Like, yeah. I laughed and I thought about it. And then I got sad. Um, Have you watched Atlanta at all? No. Because Lakeith Stanfeld, who's the star Yeah, of, I know. He was also in Get Out. He was like in Get Out. He was role. great in Get Out. Yeah. Uh, but he is potentially the best part of Atlanta. You okay. should you should see it. It's a. I thought really, he was excellent. He, he's the best. I love that guy. He's going to be a star if he's not already. Yeah. I just think, you know, that guy, he's going places. Yeah. Sorry to bother you was good. Um, I'm glad I saw it. Um, don't want to see it again. I hear the end was... Um, the end is tough. weird. The yeah. end is weird. Um, unexpected in, like, a not great way. Okay. Unexpected in that it's so absurd that there's no reason you would expect it. Yeah. Um, so... But that's kind of the point. Yeah. I mean, the whole yeah. mo- the whole premise of the movie is absurd, right? It's about a guy who, like, uses his quote-unquote white voice to, like, yeah. sell things And it's super, super, um, like, fantastic, fantastical, chimerical. Yeah. Um, it's like this weird, like, fantasy reality... Yeah, um, a weird yeah just again totally kind of weird um, hmm. I liked it it had a good message yeah um, it had a very um, uh, a very heavy handed message mm-hmm. um, did you see Black Klansman I did not oh that's one that I saw that you didn't can uh, I can I interrupt to talk about sure Black absolutely because I think they're uh, whether it's fair or not they're kind of like two very comparable they're the movies two from the summer point, point, pointed movies at, at race relations yeah. in the, of the summer that I saw or that I considered seeing I that I heard about yeah um, Black Klansman was great it was really good uh, John David I believe is his name Washington Denzel Washington's son mm-hmm. was excellent I love Adam Driver um, had a hilarious um, you know secondary role of, of Topher Grace as uh <laughs> As David Duke, the I did head of not uh, know Topher KKK. Grace was in that movie. Yeah, and it's amazing, and and Topher Grace does such a great job, like making him like seem terrible and smug and goofy. Um, there's an amazing scene where uh, the basic premise is that uh, the officer played by uh, Washington talks to David Duke over the phone to like and and convinces him that he is someone who wants to join the KKK. Um, when in reality, he's a black cop trying to take down the kkk yeah and there's a point where topher grace is like oh i can i can hear when white people are talking to me like you can distinguish between white people and black people black people like do this and white people do this and it's just hysterical to see washington and his colleagues listening in on the conversation and trying to hold in their snickering right it's like it's great and it's extremely heavy-handed they show like trump videos at the end of it and and in the charlottesville riot videos at the end of it um Definitely worth a watch. I, I would say waiting for that one on Amazon Prime Video. Yeah, and, okay. And go watch it. Um, that was one I, I wanted to see. Um, I missed it. I was That was like in the movie past kind of dark age where... Is it back? Um, you can do three movies a month now for um, $10 a month. Okay. Um, but that was when it was like not showing anything at all. It's showing things now? Yeah. Good, because I never canceled. Um, it needs... A, there's a schedule online you have to go check. 
um, to see like which movies you can see each day, mm-hmm. which kind of helps me. It helps me like commit. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go see um, blank on Wednesday huh. because that's the day that I can see it. Okay. Um, so next for me, upgrade. Um, slick Another ac- one I wanted to see. Slick action, pretty well acted. Um, this was just a kind of a cool action movie. Um, kind of John Wicky, a little bit more violent and gory than John Wick. Um, it's kind of keeping me from going back to it. Um, I was keeping track of the DVD release. I almost bought it, and then I remembered like a couple scenes that I saw in the theater that I didn't know were coming. So like the surprise sort of took out the nastiness for me. But now that I know they're coming, I'm a little worried that I'm gonna like feel it a bit more. Yeah. Um, because the adrenaline was pumping in the theater so much because it was the first time I was watching it. Um, and again, like the the action is really is shot really cool. Um, there are just some gory deaths where I'm like, I don't think I want to see that again. Um, you can hear my dog barking potentially. Um, this is the beginning of the good stuff for me in the summer okay. season, though. So next yeah. is Ant Man and the Wasp, which, which I you I saw. saw. Yep. Um, we're probably go a little bit quicker now. We're at about the forty minute mark. Yeah. Um, I thought this movie was funny. Um, it had a lot of heart and a, a nice refresher, kind of scale wise, from Infinity War. Yep. Um, some plot points that didn't seem to be super well thought out for me. Okay, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I don't. Anytime I go into a Marvel movie, then this is just me. I'm mm-hmm. not expecting all that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Paul Rudd. I think he's a charming leading man, yeah. and uh, it worked for me. I yeah. liked it a lot. I was also not sober when I saw it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Ant-Man, Ant-Man has come out um, post-Avengers movies now twice. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like a nice palate cleanser. Like, it's on a smaller scale, pun, pun intended. Again, ha. kind of pun being the point yeah. of not everything is has world-ending implications. Right. Um, and Ant-Man's got to take care of kind of the messy stuff. Right. Um, next for me is Incredibles 2. Um, Loved it. Really good. I think I expected too much from it. Um, it takes place right where the first one ends, but it came out 14 years later. Yeah. So all the characters kind of had the same problems that they had in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, all their their atmosphere and their surroundings are all kind of the same. Um, just felt like they could have grown up a bit more as I had. Yeah. So I saw the first one when I was 9, and I was 22 when I saw the second one. Yep. Um, and I would have liked to have seen them have maybe some different issues than they had in the first movie, and they did it. I think if you go, like, if you watch them back to back and, like, take aside the nostalgia of, um, you know, obviously The Incredibles 1 is a beloved movie. I love it. It's yeah. one of my favorite Pixar's, if not my favorite Pixar. Yeah. Um, but if you if you kind of take that out, I think Incredibles 2, if not as good, is very close in quality. Mm-hmm. And I think if you just watch those back to back, you'd be like, wow, this is a great series. When are they making the third one? Because yeah. it was excellent. And if... And if it came out three years after Incredibles 1, I think I would have liked it a lot more. Well, it's um, a kid's movie. Yeah. Um, but, it, I don't know. Pixar, it's a, it's a Pixar, sequel to Pixar a kid's movie has, that you saw as a kid, you know? Pixar, for better or worse, has kind of got a reputation like that they go past just being kid's movies. That's true. But, okay, it's a sequel to a movie that you saw as a kid. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a little different. It's like, I don't know. I imagine if you were like a kid when the original Star Wars came out and then the new ones came out as an adult, I could see why people disliked it so much. Sure, I understand You know, that. kind of a similar thing, except the difference is, I think Incredibles 2 is really good. Yeah, well, and I think... And I don't love the sequels. I think the sequels to Star Wars maybe change things yeah. a bit more, have bigger implications, um, which I think was what I was maybe expecting from this one a little bit. Um, yeah, this is just a straight-up sequel. Yeah, everyone's sort of in the same place that they were, which is okay, but with a 14-year gap, it was a little odd for me, um, mm-hmm. maybe a bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't really shake the nostalgia as you 
suggested that I sh- that I did. I'm excited to see this one again. It comes out on DVD kind of late. Yeah. Because um, it spent a long time in theater, deservedly so. Okay, next is Deadpool 2, mm-hmm. um, which you didn't see. Um, there's some laugh-out-loud moments for me. Um, I didn't care about the characters or the plot as much as I did in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first one set up you'd really hate the villain. Um, and really, the the villain was. really uh, Ajax. Um, he... He brings De- he br- he brings Wade Wa- Wade Wilson in, and like makes him a mutant. Okay. And he like tortures him, makes right. him hideous, and is like, "I can fix you, but I won't." Right. And, he ca- and he kidnaps his girlfriend, who you like, and yeah. Okay. In this I... in this movie, they just didn't. There just wasn't. All, there wasn't all that much plot intrigue. There wasn't all that much setup. There's definitely someone that you're supposed to care about. Yeah. And I don't think they spent enough time establishing why we should care about this person. Um, and I'm hoping that Deadpool gets more involved with the X-Men stuff sooner than later. Um, I think he can carry his own movie just fine, but I would like to see him in a more dynamic environment with more characters kind of bouncing off of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Next for me is Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, visually stunning. I thought it was well acted and it was paced decently well. Um, I like Star Wars, so I like Solo. Mm-hmm. Worst part of the movie, and the thing that held it back the most, as I mentioned before, was all the Han Solo stuff. Aaron Reich doesn't do a Harrison Ford impression. These are like two almost different characters. Han, like young Han Solo and older Han Solo. And I think it would have been okay for me for this character to not have been Han Solo at all. Mm-hmm. And been his own sort of rebel without a cause. It could have yeah. been the Lando origin story. Lando could still be in it. Yeah. And it would just not have to be Han Solo. Because there's so many things that you want to care about, but you know they don't happen. Um, like the relationship with Kira. Amelia Clark, I think, is stunning in this movie um she's beautiful she um you she connects well with Aaron Reich solo and you know that they don't end up together yeah you know that something comes between them the two and it sort of tarnishes the relationship that Han has with Leia later interesting um, I, have you have you okay sorry to, to no, tangent. okay have you seen Breaking Bad um not all of it okay so Breaking Bad, obviously, everyone knows the story of Breaking Bad. There's a character, Saul Goodman. Have you watched Better Call Saul? I've not. Okay, so Better Call Saul um, is the story of, of Bob Odenkirk's Saul Goodman. Mm-hmm. He's a lawyer. He goes from being a you know good lawyer, not good as in high quality, but good as in not evil, good lawyer, um, and kind of his fall from grace, sort of in Breaking Bad fashion, except the stakes are a lot smaller, people aren't dying, that kind of thing. Um but in Better Call Saul, there is a female interest that does not exist in Breaking Bad. And you, so you know things are going to go bad between them eventually, and that really works for me. So it's interesting that you say uh, that it doesn't work for you. Uh, maybe it's a movie versus TV thing. Yeah. Because with TV, they have hours and hours to develop this relationship, whereas in movies, they don't. I'm not sure. But I, I, that's not necessarily a red flag for me. They've made Kira a very interesting character. Mm-hmm. And the implications within the Star Wars universe suggest that you shouldn't really care all that much okay. about her relationship with Han. Okay. Um, and there's, it's not so much a Han Solo prequel as it is like a prequel for all of Han Solo's stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you see him get the Falcon and you see him get his classic pistol mm-hmm. and you see all these sort of things and you're just like, I didn't need to see that. <laughs> you know, like... We know they exist. Yeah, and you see the Kessel Run... Which is a very exciting scene, but, like, you know it, they make it out. You yeah. know everyone's okay. Right. Because he brags about it, like, three different times in the original trilogy. <laughs> um, and in the sequel trilogy. Like, this is something that's brought up a lot. 
Yeah. So we don't need to know about it all that much. Yeah. Um, but I, I liked Solo. I bought the DVD two days ago. Um, very rewatchable. Um, Here's again, a question It's for the you. best looking Star Wars movie in my opinion. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Could they have, if they wanted to just make this story but not with Han Solo and get rid of all the Han Solo stuff, do you think they could have done a better Han Solo movie as an animated movie? Maybe. Because they could have made it more Harrison Fordy. Yeah. Um, my thing about Aaron Reich Solo is that he's a good person yeah. throughout this entire movie, mm-hmm. whereas you have to establish in A New Hope that he's kind of an ass. Yeah. Who He's you know? Shady. Who who becomes the good guy? Mm-hmm. Whereas there's literally a line in this movie where Kira tells Han Solo that he's the good guy, and Han Solo is like, "No, I'm not the good guy." And it's like, dude, you've been doing like you've been doing good, like morally correct things this entire movie. Yeah. Um. So I don't buy it, and yeah. then it doesn't end in a place where, where like a new hope is next. Yeah. So maybe there's something else that happens that makes him a bit more cold. But mm-hmm. in this movie, he's like kind of a goober, and I like him a lot. And okay. I wish he wasn't Han Solo. Shouldn't be Han Solo. Um, gotcha. So we'll just we'll, we'll move on. Yeah. Um, next and number two movie I saw this summer was Avengers: Infinity War. Um, yep. I thought it was outlined very well with like an episodic structure. Mm-hmm. It didn't jump around too much. You were focused on a scene for about twenty minutes. Yep. Then you go somewhere else for about twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Then you maybe go back for twenty more minutes, and then it all came together really nicely. Yeah. Um, I thought Downey Jr., Cumberbatch, and Pratt were especially good, um, sort of being the big personalities in their own ways that had had to come together. I liked the way that the movie knew that we needed to get to know Thanos a little bit more, um, and that the characters needed to know Thanos a bit more, because like, one of the first lines in the movie is um, Hulk comes down to Earth and is like, Thanos is coming, and Doctor Strange goes, who? Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is the guy that's been like hyped since <laughs> the first Avengers movie, but only we know that. Yeah. Not a lot of people know who this Thanos guy is. Right. So we, so the characters need to know more, more about him, and maybe the audience did too. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I really liked this movie. I, I, this isn't my original idea. It was a really, really, really good episode of TV. Like, yeah. Because if you, and I think Marvel is more and more becoming that, because if you went into this movie having never seen it, it would be crap. Because all these characters, okay. like like uh, Scarlet Witch and, and Vision being together, just yeah. like that plops on you. And you know that from having watched previous movies, or you at least it's implied that they yeah. they are becoming a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's like a TV show. It's like if I went out and sat in my family room and, and watched like episode two of season three of Breaking Bad with my family who had never seen any Breaking Bad before and they'd be like who the heck is this who the heck is that yeah, it's you a, need but to it know was, a lot more exactly but it's I really liked it because I have seen all of the previous movies or most of them yeah um, I I agree with you for the most part I do think this movie did a pretty good job of being its own standalone movie um, even still because of, because of the focus on Thanos 51 right now yeah I oh. think we'll get to 70 75 yeah, I think we'll Not be terrible. I think we'll be pretty close uh, we still gotta do our top five which yep. will be fun yep um so we talked about Infinity War. You can get all that out of the way. Yeah. Okay. Um, next. And number one for me. Number was Mission Impossible one. Fallout. This movie kicks ass for me. Um, the action set pieces were absurdly good. The yeah, script I good. thought was really tight. Um, I loved the way the action would sort of seemingly be over and then the movie would throw one more punch. Yeah. Um, pretty consistently. And I fell for it every time. If this is Tom Cruise's last Mission Impossible, I thought he went out with a bang. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was one of the, like coolest movies in recent memory that I've seen. Like, this movie was just cool. Yeah. Um, Is it your favorite MI? Maybe. 
I have to see it again because okay. I've seen all the other ones multiple times. Interesting. Except MI2. MI2 sucks. Okay. Um, like, objectively, I think MI2 is the worst. Um, so I've seen MI3, 4, 5, 6. And yeah, I think you're okay in that. Yeah. Because 3 sort of gets the bigger scale stuff. I love MI3. Um, and did then, we talk about that on air? Or was we that did. We did talk okay. about MI3 okay. on air. <laughs> I couldn't remember. It was great. Philip Sewer Hoffman, if you don't remember from 20 minutes ago, is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, MI, MI Fallout, I thought it was awesome. Okay. Yeah. I've only seen all of them once. So. Okay. But it was great. I loved it. It was... Um, you know, I, I liked the fact that they didn't do a huge flashy set piece like they had in previous years. With like it wasn't like him the one. Climbing the wall of the giant building in, in, yeah. in, in United Arab Emirates. And, that was and so crazy. Though. It was so cool. It was cool. But like, you know, I guess no one watches these movies for the plots. You watch like, them for the action. Yeah. And it had good action. It just the, had I good the action. The plot was pretty good, too. The plot yeah, was maybe better okay. than the other ones were. Yeah, um, I cared a bit more. There was a point in time where there was like six twists in ten minutes, and you're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" You're yeah, like, it's like, I can I like... trust yeah. the movie? Yeah, like they're putting this thing on TV on the on the screen, and it's like, am I really watching this, or yeah. am I watching something else? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. I don't know. There were a lot of movies that neither of us saw that I really wanted to see, and I'm going to just list them off right now. Sure. Okay. Uh, in terms of documentaries, I wanted to see Three Identical Strangers. Didn't see that. Wanted to see RBG. Didn't see that. Wanted to see Mr. Rogers' movie. Never saw that. I, there are so many good movies this summer that I didn't see uh, that I really wanted to. Uh, like I said, sorry to bother you. I never saw Crazy Rich Agents. Really want didn't to. Didn't see it either. Really want to. Uh, never saw First Reformed, which looked really good. Ethan Hawke playing a kind of preacher who has like a rough past. Uh, would like to see that one. Hearts Beat Loud, Nick Offerman movie. Uh, it's like a like a really heartwarming. My parents saw it and said it was amazing. He, he and his daughter, who's like a med student, like form a band to save his record store. Okay, cool. It looks really good and really sweet. Um, Tully looked really good. The the Charlize Theron. Anyway, those are just a few. I mean, there there are so many. You said this was disappointing summer, but I'm looking at the list and it's just like it was a decent summer. It's just like I feel like we're so everything's thrown at us now yeah i think it wasn't a very summery summer true um some of the best movies of the summer at least critically yeah. were like more in the indie yeah realm. that's true um there wasn't Which I like there wasn't a huge original ip box office hit like a dunkirk right or you know like a a movie that sort of maybe bridged the gap between like the indie and like the blockbuster i think hotel artemis tried to be that i think hotel it, artemis tried to be that get and great reviews I didn't no see it. it didn't um i wanted to see it i was going to go see it almost the same day as oceans 8 and then yeah. by that point it was out of theater so that yeah. tells you all you need to know yeah um dvd release is coming out soon so i hope um maybe it'll go on i thought it looked interesting yeah i thought so too um just heard but, it was kind of boring which yeah. is surprising but um yeah no yeah again no no original ip um real hits um no like big director movies yeah that's true um i mean we got ready player one earlier from spielberg but there were i mean none of my five was that a movie oh, ready player one's fun i didn't see it um i saw it in 3d which i would recommend we're on okay. a big screen okay um i'm not a 3d guy i wasn't either but i looked it up and i was like this is a movie that's mostly animated okay um so you want to see it yeah um and it was also the only showing that there were like at the local theater that i went to mm -hmm. it was only showing it in 3d so i was like okay i'll take that as a sign Right. That this is more of a 3D IMAX movie. Interesting. Um, and, like, there was no Nolan movie. There was no Fincher movie. 
There was no Edgar Wright movie. Not a lot of big like summer blockbustery director. There was no J.J. Abrams movie. Yeah. Although he, I think, oversaw Jurassic World. Um, There's a Ron Howard movie. There was a Ron Howard movie, <laughs> um, which was like the big one for me at least. Yeah. That's the one I was looking most forward to. Yeah. It came out in Avengers. Early on in the summer. Right. Some of my most looked forward to movies were Deadpool 2, Avengers Infinity War, and Solo. All so literally out, all sequels all and prequels. All came out before June. Yep. And all sequels and prequels. Yep. Yep. I agree with that. All right. Want to go on to the top five? Yeah. So top five sweet um, so on a different topic we should sorry we should get theme music for top five i'll, I'll do my best um we talked about how i at least i think this summer was disappointing there were some movies that i thought i was gonna like more than i ended up doing yeah so for our top five we're gonna do the opposite top five movies that we liked way more than we thought we would yeah and this is a benson original idea oh yeah but, yeah he came there up are with some of them whether it be ad advertisements or trailers or movies yeah. like shoved down your throat by like YouTube banners and stuff yeah. like that. It just doesn't look interesting to you. I mean, that was that was Jurassic World. Oh my god! How about the Nun? I get ads for the oh, Nun all the, the time. The jump scare ad. I don't. Like, I don't want that. Yes. What is this? This is what is this? One of those like cat videos where a thing jumps out at you. I don't care. Yeah. Please the don't nun, do that. The Nun. Everyone was trying to be like, no, you want to see the Nun, and then everyone was like, you don't even want to see the Nun. Like you once know, it came out, it was you, like, yeah, this was like tonally cool and like visually cool. You know how many people wanted to see The Nun? Oh, God. None! <laughs> well, okay. Honorable mention for me is 2017's It. Um, oh. Not a big horror movie fan. I loved that movie, um, and I'm not either. I got the DVD, and I was able to watch it on my laptop, mm -hmm. where if I thought some scary shit was going to happen, I minimized the screen and knew when it came. Oh, interesting. And I turned it back on, and I could now watch it full on. Nice. Um, you really don't like it. scary movies, though. I don't. Okay. But I can watch them... I don't like them on the first viewing, yeah. but I can watch them again and again and again and again and again. Interesting. See, for I me... I like The Conjuring a lot, like as a movie. Uh-huh. Uh, not just as like a thill ride the first time, like yeah. a coaster ride. I yeah. think The Conjuring has good acting, Yeah. and the effects are good, and the tone is good, um, and I loved it. Yeah. It's great. Um, I never... I'm not a huge horror movie guy either when it comes to like slasher flicks or like the mm -hmm. terrible... You know, like that... What was that? Truth or Dare movie that... Yeah, did you see that the trailers terrible. for that? Yeah. It looked awful yeah yeah that's not my thing but like i love a good scary movie that's just like scary yeah uh like i feel like i was like that until i saw the shining and i was like eh, this isn't that scary it's just yeah. good yeah anyway that's a good that's a good honorable mention and because it's not because i didn't think it was gonna be bad yeah i just didn't want to see it in the theater because i'd be <laughs> be in my pants yeah i saw it in theaters it was i didn't think it was that scary and i read the book um okay over the like around the time that the movie was coming out okay so I was a little bit prepared, but mm -hmm. I liked all the directions that it went. Um, so number five for me, if, I'll, if that's okay if I go first. Yeah, go ahead. Um, was X-Men First Class. Oh, that was a great movie. Um, I didn't care about it at all yeah. when it came out. Um, um, but I, I when, I, when I finally watched it, I was super emotionally invested. I think it's really well cast. Mm -hmm. um, James McAvoy's great. Mm -hmm. uh, Fastbender's great. Fastbender. Lawrence. Yep. And She's great. So they had to establish that. Yeah. Um, and that's it got the me one... back into that franchise. I watched the X-Men movies and I was maybe too young to watch them. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of like policy and like sort of, um, I don't know, prejudice yeah. against mutants that I didn't quite get. I just wanted like an action movie. Yeah. And the only one that really kind of delivered on that was X-Men 3, which is not good now that I watch it now. <laughs> yeah, it stinks. But back then I was like, oh, I get this one. Well, I, I, the thing about watching those original X-Men movies now is that the CGI is a <laughs> it is so bad and like the stupid tongue guy toad yeah. oh, yeah, or whatever terrible yeah that's it's awful two, it's 2000 yeah 2000 but like maybe can you now that there are like 
950 Star Wars, not Star Wars, sorry, superhero movies coming out like every month. Mm-hmm. Can you can you go back? Is there any reason to go back and watch those original ones? I don't think so. No, especially since they've kind of done like the double double timeline thing. Yeah. And, 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 and the new ones are better. The newest Wolverine movies, the best Wolverine we've seen. Funny enough, I actually watched X-Men 1, X-Men 2, and X-Men 3 in the past week. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> because I wanted to get back into it, and I hadn't seen them in a long time. I and? A lot more. Yeah, than I did when I was seven or eight when yeah. the movies came out because I didn't understand them. Yeah, X Men First Class is also kind of political. Yeah, um, Cuban Missile Crisis. That's the one where it's like they're big... looking for Jennifer Lawrence's character, right? Like she's no, kind of that's Days of Future Past. Uh, okay, um, oh, Jennifer Lawrence yep. and James McAvoy are like step siblings, right? Like okay. Half siblings. Okay, they, they start up Charles Xavier's school. Yeah, um, so that was a movie that I didn't care about when it was in theaters, and I watched it, and I was like, oh. Maybe X-Men's pretty cool, and it sent it got me back into that franchise. I'll go ahead with my number five now. Um, yeah, so this is a, a movie from 1968. It's a movie that you hear about growing up all the time, and it's like, do I want to watch a three-hour science fiction movie from 1968? I don't care who directed it. The answer is yes, you do. It's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, that movie is amazing. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess I understand why I wouldn't think it would be amazing but it it holds up unbelievably well it's beautiful to watch uh there is a a, an emotional attachment you get to the characters um it's got a famous antagonist one of the greatest of all times in the actual ship is the antagonist of the movie which is like fascinating storytelling this is a movie that everyone should see if you like movies um I don't care if you don't like old movies. It doesn't even feel like an old movie. It feels classic and timeless. And yeah. It's amazing. A movie that maybe is like better than what it influenced. Or, but like, True. There are plenty of movies that I feel like you go back and you're like, oh, these movies that I like more were made because of this movie, so I yeah. have to like that movie. Yeah. But 2001 A Space Odyssey still is like a movie that you want to watch. Have you seen it? I have. Okay. I have. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's really, I mean, and a, 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 a quick three hours. Yeah. Which is yeah. Weird, weird to say. Yeah. Number four for me is the Lego movie, a <laughs> February choice. release, um, and the trailers were not great. Um, February releases are usually kind of sketchy. Mm-hmm. I actually have two February releases on this list. Um, it has an awesome message um, and a really kind of kooky sense of humor that I like a lot. Um, the more I watched it, um, I didn't love it the first time I saw it. I wasn't like cracking up like I thought I was going to be, mm-hmm. but I go back to it a lot, and I really underestimated their ability or... Um, like financially, they were so capable of using like all these properties that Lego owns. <laughs> so like Jack's in this movie, and Batman's in this movie, and like it's awesome. I loved the universe. Um, the Lego Movie is my number four. Okay, yeah, good choice. I've seen it once, and it was a great movie. My number four is from a director that I like. Uh, it stars an actor that I liked in the past, um, and I didn't think I would enjoy his movies anymore. It's uh, Funny People, Judd Apatow, uh, two thousand nine. Love this movie. Uh, didn't think it would be good. I mean, I like Judd Apatow, but did I need an Adam Sandler in Judd Apatow? I didn't think I did. Uh, the 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 box office agreed. It, it lost money in theaters, uh, despite the fact that Judd Apatow is coming off, you know, 40-year-old virgin, knocked up, right. uh, that, that whole thing, super bad. Uh, and it's an excellent movie. It's genuinely funny. It's genuinely moving. Uh, Adam Sandler's great in it. Adam Sandler, once again, proving that he is a good actor when he tries to be. Uh, Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, Jason Schwartzman, amazing cast. Mm-hmm. It's everything you want from a Judd Apatow movie. Yeah, great I've movie. never seen it. You should see it. It's great. It was an airplane watch for me the first time. 
it's like this is the best of these yeah. bad options yeah, and yeah. it was good um number three for me which we talked about a little bit is ant-man um didn't think it would be bad but mm-hmm. i was pretty apathetic towards the marvel cinematic universe mm-hmm. didn't see age of ultron in theaters because i was really fatigued um and it sort of proved that the Guardians movies weren't the only ones that were going to deviate from everything being sort of world-threatening and, yeah. and massive. I liked how it was a heist movie, um, again, smaller scale, ha, ha, ha. And it got me to buy back <laughs> into the MCU, seeing that, uh, especially seeing Ant-Man in Civil, in Civil War. Yeah. Um, and knowing that he was a bigger part of this universe than maybe, like, the movie implied. Um, so, yeah, Ant-Man, number three. That's a good choice. Yeah, I, I liked Ant-Man. Uh, my number three is Edge of Tomorrow. It's the uh, Tom Cruise movie. I did not like Tom Cruise coming into this. Like, he's fine as an action guy. Like, I liked the MI movies, but, like, you know, I think he's the worst part of Rain Man, um, that kind of thing. He, he, he's and, – and since then, I've grown to like Tom Cruise, actually. I think it was – when this movie came out, I think it was cool to dislike Tom Cruise. Yep. I think, yeah. Every, it was around it, that time. It was, yeah. it, was a, it was a hot take of the, the time that, you know, Tom Cruise is a bad actor. Uh, and this movie's great. Emily Blunt's great. Uh, it's it's a sci-fi Groundhog's Day, and that's not something that you think you need until you see it. Yeah. And it's amazing. Uh, super, super good. Definitely watch that one. Yeah. Um, that was a, a surprise summer smash. Yeah. I, and it's funny you say that because I want to say when I went to see that, it was actually a movie that I snuck into. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, the, I, we went, me and my friend uh, went to see Top 5, which was the Chris Rock movie that okay. was supposed to be great. We Neither of us really liked it. Okay, and so then you were we like, okay, redo. Yeah, and then we <laughs> snuck into this uh, like Edge of Tomorrow starts right now. You want to go see that, and we loved it. It's, yeah, it's just funny how that works. Sometimes. Surprisingly smart. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. I love Emily Blunt too. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, in that movie especially. Uh, number two for me is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I considered that. I didn't think I wanted to return to the Harry Potter universe. Um, it felt like a later, like a really late attempt to cash in on that popularity, but I wasn't aware that it was David Yates directing and J.K. Rowling writing the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a story to be told there, and didn't try to be a Harry Potter prequel, and I hope it still stays that way with four more movies left to go. Um, <laughs> I hope that continues, um, and I'm tentatively excited for The Crimes of Grindelwald in November. When's that one come out? November? November? Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. So, so I'll see that. And they released a new trailer a couple days ago. Huh. Um, it looks visually awesome. Um, not sure about the storyline, but uh, Johnny Depp's in it, so that'll be interesting to see. I don't know if I need Johnny um, Depp in my life right now. Well, this could be kind of a renaissance for could him. Be. You never know. Um, what are we calling this one if the other one was the reconnaissance? What's this? The Depp? I don't know. I can't uh, yeah, think of anything. I'm not sure either. We'll think of one. Yeah. He's being redeputized. Yeah. No. Uh, no. Bad. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> this is why we shouldn't try and come up with things on the spot. <laughs> Number two for me is uh, is a classic rom-com. I thought, like, you know, I'll just say it. It's Notting Hill. It's, uh, it's a movie that came out in the 90s. It's Hugh Grant and, and Julia Roberts. It's uh, Julia Roberts plays like a super celebrity. Hugh Grant is like a kind of a loser bookseller dude who runs a travel bookstore and uh you know it's richard curtis uh who did love actually and that kind of thing so it's like you know i did not think that i was gonna like it i mean but it it turns out you know we haven't had good rom-coms lately and and i kind of miss it It, it, hugh grant's charming julia roberts is great uh she doesn't have much to work with but she's great in what she does have to work with and it's a it's a great fun movie saw it on tv randomly yeah i haven't seen it's good uh, number one, and we think we thought you might have the number one. I thought maybe. Number one. I'm I'm a little worried about that. 
Number one for me is Kingsman, The Secret oh, nope, Service. Nope. Another Matthew Vaughn movie. I love which that is, movie. Which is weird. Um, X Men First Class, also Matthew Vaughn. Um, I thought the, ad, the the trailers for this movie looked so bad. Yeah. Looked really dumb. Like a desperate attempt to parody James Bond movies, mm-hmm. but like be like a Zack Snyder esque action movie, but like mostly a parody. Um, it's not really a parody, more of like a goofier love letter to those movies. Yep. Like the, like the ancient ones, but well, not ancient, but like the older ones. Mm-hmm. Um, good characters, good script. Um, it did have that sort of Zack Snyder action, but it's fun to watch. Um, kind of more artsy action. And um, one of my favorite movies of that year, and um, I come back to that movie a lot. And yeah. I guess Kingsman 3 has now replaced the release date for Bond 25. Huh. Um, so that's next November. Okay. That's exciting. My number one is Jumanji. The oh, recent one. I thought you were going to pick that. I thought about it. Okay. I thought about it being on the list. Yeah. This movie it came out like 25 years after the original Jumanji. Tangentially related. Seemed like a huge money grab for me. And they just put the rock in it. And it's like, all right, <laughs> this, is, this is a recipe to make money. And that is it. Uh, but it turns out it's a really good movie. It's yeah. really funny. It's got funny video game jokes that I liked. And I'm not a huge gamer. Uh, Kevin Hart's amazing. Jack Black is probably the best part of the movie yeah uh but all of the cast is fantastic at least the uh grown-up cast the kid cast stinks (laughs) (laughs) they're really bad um but luckily they're in the movie for four minutes yeah so uh yeah jumanji was amazing yeah that's a good one i um considered putting it on that list it was more just not one that i avidly thought i would dislike yeah just when i I went into and i was like "Eh, this just looks kind of silly but i had already seen the reviews for it yeah that were like hey don't sleep on this movie. Yeah. So I came in and I was like, okay, I'm not going to sleep on this movie. Yeah. Um, whereas all the rest of these five, I really thought were going to stink. Yeah. Um, See, I got dragged to Jumanji by my my ex-girlfriend. Oh, uh, Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't think, okay, fine, <laughs> you can have this one. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. It was a great movie. Well, that's our top five for this week. Yeah, and, and that's uh, the podcast. Excellent work. We yeah. got into about an hour and ten. That's, I think that's a reasonable expectation to have. Yeah. 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 We're going to keep going with this experiment and yeah. um, find, next a, week. find a place to post these. Yeah. Um, what are we going to do next week? Uh, let's do sports next week. Let's do sports next week. That's a good idea. Because we'll have the baseball playoffs starting up. Baseball. And uh, we'll have four, week four of the NFL out of the way. Uh, yeah. So that'll be, that'll be a good way to. That'll be recap. a lot of fun. End of the first quarter of the season. Yeah. That's true. All right. So, you know, we'll come back to you next week and talk about. Uh, baseball playoff picture, NFL, uh, that kind of thing. And until then, uh, we hope you have a great week. And uh, stay distracted. Stay distracted.